All right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing? My name is Brock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Back to Your Story, a podcast about real people and real stories. This is story number 23, and my guest today is the world-renowned Brian Kahn. He's a legendary fitness instructor. You've seen him all over Instagram spreading that message of love, peace, and positivity. It was fantastic getting to hear his story. You know, on a side note, we did have a little bit of a technical difficulty at the end, so the podcast does get cut short about eh, just a few minutes. Uh, that being said, that's the beauty of recording podcasts. Sometimes things are all right, and every once in a while, there's a little hiccup. Well, that being said, this is the story of Brian Kahn. From the land of mystery where dreams become reality. Always listening to stories from the past, the present, and the future. This is back to your story. Like <laughs> just joking how you doing man good brother good you and i uh this is the first time meeting yes it is and i was actually talking to my cousin a little bit ago while you were coming over here and this has just been fucking so amazing uh doing the podcast having so many people do what you you did and what i'm about to say is that i've had a lot of people come on and they've been like, uh, you know, a friend of this person or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, I've never met them before. And they've sure. come all the way out here an hour, you know, an hour and a half freaking Uber ride, drive, whatever it is, um, to come share their story and have a conversation. And I, uh, I appreciate that. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had you come on the podcast because, uh, you know, Penelope introduced us. Yeah. And, uh, she spoke really highly of you. Um, and then she introduced me to your stuff, your world, man. And for the people listening for the first time, um, if you don't mind, just tell them a little bit, you know, about kind of what you do in your world. Um, so my world, yeah, it's very interesting because yeah. it's a cross cross breed because I also do martial arts and, and fighting and stuff, but I also do group fitness as well, which is a completely different dynamic all in itself. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing that for, man. 10, 11 years now. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, what um, what got you into the world of fitness and martial arts and, you know, all that fun stuff? So it really had to start to do when I was in school with college. Okay. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it didn't last very long. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I went to uh, the Art Institute in Santa Monica. Okay. So one of my, instru- one of my instructors, one of my teachers. Yes. Um, happened to be a Jew as well. And we got okay. along very well through that. And yeah. um and I had asked him, you know, I, I knew personally, like, in order to learn something and really do it, I need to be in it. Yeah. I can't learn from a book. I can't learn from a classroom. I need, I need to be right there. Yeah. Show me what button you're pressing. Like, how are we going to do this? Yes. And uh, so that was my mindset. Um, talked to him. I'd let him know, like, hey, man, like, do you have any work outside of here? Like, you got the studio. Let me come in. I'll just sit down and watch. And. And he didn't obviously let me come right away, but you know, maybe like a week, a month later, he he was like, "Yo, come through." Went all the way to Burbank, and um, yeah, man, I was probably eighteen, nineteen years old. Sat there and you know watched him do his thing. We were editing uh, an artist that he was working with, uh, just a singer. Okay, and uh, just watching how he did his technique yeah. and, and building the songs, which that was incredible in itself. Yeah. Um, so I learned that, and then. As we were sitting there, his friend, he's like, my friend's about to come over. Is my best friend, you know, just letting you know. Is 
Um, his name was John Wolf, and but da da da, and yeah. you know, he was a bodyguard. You know, I was okay, like, okay, that's cool. You know, yeah. And uh, again, 19, 18 years old, and uh, you know, obviously we were smoking a little bit of weed, yeah. so I was like, you know, a little, you know, a little <laughs> intimidated. And he comes through, and the man is like, it was probably like fifty two at the time. Okay, and he's just all tatted up, bald head, beard, and he's just broad. Yes, you know? and. Uh, so he grabs my arm and then I start David. He's like, yeah. do you know how to defend that right there? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> and, uh, and then that was really the end of that conversation. But, okay. you know, as my relationship with Ted progressed, um, he started telling me like who, who John was and what he knew and his background was in everything that you can imagine. Krav Maga was one of his backgrounds, oh, um, but he's done karate, Muay Thai, wrestling, boxing, he's pretty much done everything. Yeah. Um, he was trained by his rabbi. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was just, he did that his whole life since he was 18 years old, younger than that, excuse me. But, um, but his profession, yeah. I would say about 17, he was jumping on stage and bouncing people off. And Damn, he grew crazy. up in like New York, Jersey Shore. So yes. That's, you know, for sure. Uh, so my relationship with him kind of grew. So I started to investigate what Krav Maga was and, you know, I hung out with him multiple times after that, and I would just pick his brain. You know, just tell me your stories. You know, what would you experience, situations you've been in, and um, it's remarkable, man. So it changed my life. Yeah. And uh, so just hearing what he was capable of doing, and obviously being a Jew man, obviously as well, like yes. I can relate to that. Yeah. And um, not having like a father figure in my life at that time, it was very important that uh, you know, I found somebody that I can. That's something I can absolutely I can do absolutely. You know? And, uh, you know, I researched Krav Maga, typed it in on YouTube. Yeah, and yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> sure enough, this really cool video popped up. And it was the, obviously the, the guy that I was eventually going to train with. Uh, oh, his name was Royal Gagnon. If you look him up, he's, he's crazy. Okay. In a good way, in a good way. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so he was, uh, he trained the Israeli special forces in, in Israel and all this stuff, two-time national Krav Maga champion. And the more I looked him up, the more it just became legit, right? Oh. So I asked John. Take a look at him. Is this somebody that's going to do right by me? And he's looked at him. He's like, oh, this is the, yes. He's going to make you a very good black belt. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. And then obviously the next day, that's it. I go to his class and sure enough, he was in Los Angeles. So okay. it's like all very weird. At yeah. Just time, like all, all of these things are lining up. Yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. Because um, again, Krav Maga wasn't that big at that time. No. It was probably like one place in Los Angeles and that wasn't somewhere yeah, I wanted to go. Crazy. I wanted to go like legit. Yes, like, yeah. Dude was trained in the military. Like that's what I'm looking for. Um, and I did that for about five years, five, six years. Damn. And uh, probably within the first year and a half, I started teaching right away. Um, just because, I don't know, man, I can't explain it. it yeah, that's but crazy. It just, I was natural at it, yeah. you know, and he obviously recognized that. And, um, and John obviously saw that as well within me too. So he saw my potential before I even, you know, saw myself. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I progressed with the Krav Maga and I started, you know, venturing out into different martial arts and Dutch kickboxing, boxing, uh, jujitsu, like, you know, pretty much everything. All of it. The All martial it. arts. Dude, I, yeah. wanted to be a, I wanted to be a killer. Yeah. Was that, um, when you were younger, was that something that you, you wanted to do? Were you physically fit? Did you play in sports? Was uh, fighting, was any of that part of who you were until you got into 18, 19 years old? I wish I could say it was. All right. But it really wasn't. I love uh, not to the degree at, at which you would think. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up in a, in a very bad neighborhood per se. You know, I grew up in the quote unquote, the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. You know, it wasn't too like 
you know, too white, but yes. it was, it was mixed, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I wasn't in any kind of danger at any point. I'm sure I could have found myself in danger, <laughs> but I just always, I don't know, man. My energy does not does not attract that. To be yeah. honest, I'm, I've always been able to defuse any situation and, and be able to walk away with it without any confrontation unless it was with my fucking brother. Yeah. That's a different story. Uh, <laughs> that's family. Yeah, that's family. Yeah. Then I'm telling you, let's go. Um, it's like, yeah, I yeah. know what you're saying. I know yeah. what you're saying. So probably around like, mm, I would say 16 years old, I started watching HBO boxing. Okay. Floyd Mayweather. Yes. Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao in their prime. Yes. Like right when they were really starting to come yeah. up. And, uh, and again, like I wasn't, you know, very big socially, you know what I'm saying? Like going out with friends all the time. Like I wanted to, kick it and yeah. chill and smoke and, yeah. and relax and watch the fights. Fuck yeah. And I would just slowly start to learn from there, watching what they were doing, why they were doing it. And um, I just became fascinated with the sport because I understood that it was more to just throwing a punch. Yeah. There's intention, there's thought process behind it, there's setups, right? Absolutely. Just to get to that one, yeah. I hit you. Yes. Right? Um, so that's kind of how I, I found that uh, with the boxing stuff. So that's kind of what set off you know, for sure with the martial arts. And then as it progressed, um, I found myself in a very vulnerable situation when I was in my first college, right? Okay. Quote unquote, first, first college. All right. Quote unquote. <laughs> um, so I was, uh, I just got my tattoo and, yeah. and I got my tattoo, not thinking anything behind it. No, you know, I'm like, you shouldn't. Why like, should you? Yeah. Why should I? People got crosses all the fucking time. That was my, that was that was exactly my excuse for that. It's so weird that you say that. I don't mean to stop you because, um, you know, you and I, you know, both being Jewish, right? Yeah. Uh, if you get a cross tattooed on you, it's like you, there's not a lot of thought put into it, right? Minus no. the tattoo itself. I'm um, getting a Star David tatted on you. Like for me, I didn't think any, really anything about it when I got it, right? Mm -hmm. But as an adult, you just see how the world works and um, it can influence other people's decisions good or bad or just indifferent um did you put a lot of thought into that what was that like i went in i want something that means something to me of course I, that was the one thing that resonated with me i yeah. wasn't gonna get like a tiger or yeah my initials or yes. something weird <laughs> shit like that oh, that's weird but you know no but it is it's I, stupid i wanted something that look at your fucking initials yeah i want something that that means something you know? yeah and i saw that and i was like that's the one and I just, I just, I saw it. That's it. There was no second guessing it. Yeah. And uh, the minute I got back to my college, I soon realized that I was not like everybody else anymore. Yeah. And that was a big turning point for me because then I realized, okay, so before I was just like you, and yeah. now because I got a tattoo that that separates me. Because yeah. apparently I went to a, a very religious school. I didn't know that intentionally. <laughs> um, it was just like it just happened. Yeah, okay. Know? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I was at a, a fraternity house, you wow. know, one that I had been at multiple times, just hanging out during a Saturday, watching the Ohio State football game. Same shit. That wasn't the college I was going to, by the way. Um, <laughs> just this FYI. Um, love Ohio State. Cleveland. Um, yes. Um, so I was at this fraternity party, and my buddy, quote unquote, we're going to yeah. put that in there again. Yeah. Um, he, we were in the, the president's, I wouldn't say room, but like, you know, his like lounge area with all the brothers. There's like 20 dudes in here. And they're all drinking, having a good time. And my buddy's like, yo, can I see that microphone that you guys were using before? Like earlier that day, like shouting out at people, made different noises and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So one of the guys goes in the back, gets this microphone, pulls it out, 
And then sure enough, he just starts saying, Jews are not allowed to use the microphone. Kikes are not allowed to use the microphone. Shut the fuck oh, up. Oh, bro. So I'm like. Wait, what? Yeah, man. Everybody just, yeah, 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 yeah. So I sat there, quiet. What am I going to do? My buddy's <sighs> like, oh, no, no, no. That's not my friend. No, 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 no. I'm not with him. Ah, that's not like that. And I was like, what the fuck what? is going on right now? <sighs> bro. So two seconds later, I got up. I'm out of there. And I'm just kind of like taking that situation yeah. in, like, what the fuck just happened? You yeah. know, like, that was kind of weird. I got weird real fast. I got real, real fast. And uh, so after that situation happened, I knew that I was not, yeah. you know, yeah. like everybody else. Yeah. You know, before I was my, I was Brian, Brian Kahn, da 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 you know. For sure. is my friend. That's and, not. Yeah. So my vulnerability showed me that, okay, there's something else going on out here that I was completely unaware of. Of course. You know, where I didn't think I was subject to that or anybody, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I didn't, I, had, I was oblivious, bro. Damn, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's fucking mind boggling to crazy. think, right? Um, in 20, 2010, let's say, when was it? 2010, 2015, whatever the fuck it was, 10 years ago? 12 years ago? 2008. 2008, right? Seven. Right? A, yeah. a, a fucking black dude's about to get nominated for president of the United States of America, right? Um, Barack Obama. And at that time, and even still now, right? Till now, yes. Uh, and and for forever, right? Uh, we're dealing with this oppression and vulnerability being Jewish. And especially yes. uh, now that we have tattoos, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it, well, that's something it, we're not supposed to do. Yeah. It's a fuck that <laughs> shit, dude. Like, I'm sorry. I know. But, um, but still it is no different than someone going to get a cross, no different than someone to go and get something, whatever is part of their faith or their religion or their belief. Mm -hmm. Right. Why does it make us so different and and have to go through situations like that in our life, right? It's weird. It's weird. It, well, it's, in, it's ingrained in culture yeah, over yeah. thousands of years. It, it is. And it, it's something that people aren't even aware of until yeah. it's like right in front of yeah. their face. Yeah. Uh, you can hear it on the media and all that yeah. stuff, but it's not... It's not really. It's, it's it's you you do hear it right, but it's not the same as um you know someone being black, someone right. being um Hispanic, someone being uh you know Asian, someone other than white, right? Well, I think the problem with that is in America because it happens everywhere for we different are white. cultures. I yes. think that that is that is it because we assimilate, we can blend in much yeah. better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like you know they feel like we're doing one up on them in a sense. And why, right? Like I think it's just not knowing because. I do know that the Jewish culture, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's a culture, yeah. encompasses all different races. Yeah, it does. You know, the, the Mossad going into, I think it was Sudan or something like that, or Ethiopia, I could be wrong. Whatever. But it was one of those countries. Jamie, fucking get that I shit. I know, shit. <laughs> uh, but they had a whole operation where they were they were pulling out African Sudanians to bring them to Israel. Yes. Jewish. Yeah, um, yeah. I do believe it was Sudan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jewish Indians, Jewish... the. Japanese, it's all over the world. You yeah. can trace the blood through through many cultures and races. Uh, so it's a very unique thing that we had that isn't really talked about as much. Yeah, um, because oh, damn, that is so true, right? Yeah, because every 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 race has one. Yeah, it's one, like it's like race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with the Jewish religion, the Jewish culture, it's it's a multi. Yeah, it's multifaceted. Yes. I mean, because it's it's for me, um, the people. 
um, always ask me, it's like two things. Like, I, you know, I'm not religious, right? I'm not religious by, by any means. Um, I probably believe more in the simulation more than anything sure. else. Um, <laughs> uh, but, 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 but with that being said, um, culturally, I'm a Jew. I 110%. I, I identify myself as being a Jew. Um, and that's very unique because Christian Catholicism, Muslim for sure. Like, yeah. it, it, but, but especially in America, we're talking about United States of America right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very, very unique. Uh, and it's just a weird time right now too with, yeah. with everything going on. And so it's like, you have that tattoo. What did that make you feel inside for the very first time you felt real, uh, less than, would that feel like? Yeah. Man. It was intense. Yeah. Because it didn't it wasn't just a one off. That's a continuation thing. Yeah. Right? So I'm remembering that. Yeah. With every instance that I've gone through. Right? So if I'm at work and somebody looks at my tattoo, I'm looking at their facial expressions. Yes. How are they observing me right now? Yeah. Right? I've worked in restaurants, I've done the fitness thing, you know, I'm yeah. interacting with thousands of people. Yeah. I know thousands of those not every single one of those per- people are going to agree with who I am or yeah. what I stand for, whatever. For sure. Um, and I acknowledge that, but at the same time that I also know like who I am and, you know, what kind of person I am. And that's yeah. completely different from uh, a, a, an ingrained cultural ideology, right? That, yeah. that, you know, some people are just unaware of at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast and they were asked the question, how many Jews do you think there are in the world? I know. This is <laughs> that's a, a good question. Yeah. Most and, people get way wrong. Yeah. So the reply was, uh, the low ball. This was 500 million people. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. No. Yeah. But we both know it's not even close. It was like 30 million worldwide, 15 million. Yeah. 15, yeah. 16, maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. and it, yeah. that's just like, that's a minority of minority of minority. And we're here just trying to survive in a yeah. sense, right? We have our own one state. Yeah. Thank God that that even exists, you know? Um, because if it didn't, you know, who knows? I would have people on this podcast that would disagree with you with the one state thing. Actually, yeah. no, that's not that's not true because I had on a Palestinian activist, right? Okay. Because like I said, I want to have everyone on. I want to hear every side of the story. And this is not to derail from your story. Yeah, totally. Um, the funny thing was, uh, it's not funny, but uh, it, they believed in a one state solution where everyone commingled. And I, that makes sense. Yeah, to of me. course. Yeah, that makes, that. makes more sense to me than um, a two state solution, right? Yeah. Uh, where for me, at the end of all of this, I don't even know anything about it. I know this much about it. So small. It's yeah, like, me too. You know, very, very, very little bit about it. Um, uh, but for you even, you know, sharing that, that one state, right? Um, it, it does make sense, right? That one state sure. solution makes sense. Uh, but getting back to like, you know, the, the, the story of who you are as a person, um, going through that in your life, recognizing it for the first time. Yeah. Was there other instances that had happened um, since then? Or is it something that you've just, you know, it's like the shit that happened one time and now I keep my guard up? Um, I can't say it's happened one time, yeah. um, but it's happened on different occasions. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's just how people word certain things and, and react to certain things. Is That's how I interpret it. It yeah. doesn't have to necessarily be like, fuck Jews. Da, yeah. da, da, da. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that. Um, there's just other sleight of hand or... Yeah you know, different comments or whatever it may be. Um, and some people don't know that I'm Jewish and then they will say comments. Um, that's and that's another so thing weird too. to me. Um, but as, aside from that, 
Yeah. I just knew that there was a vulnerability that I needed to protect, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, um, not just for myself, for my, you know, for my future family and for my current family, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, it, that's an important thing. Because yeah. um, again, I'm an 18-year-old kid, just this realization that, oh shit, yeah. not everybody is gonna love me in this world. Not at all. Um, so when I came to Los Angeles, that, was my, not, that wasn't my original intent. Intent was in music. Yeah. Maybe six months, I was already fighting, you know? So it was like that quick. Um, and it was just a, a beautiful progression to that. Um, and then along the way, I just eventually wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. And uh, so I left, went to go just do PTs. And that was really what I did for quite a while. And then uh, this gym that I was taking my privates to, they offered me, you know, a job if I wanted to hold some pads at their, their yeah. uh, for their boxing fitness, right? It wasn't called boxing fitness back then. It was just like a boxing workout. Okay. But it was boxing fitness. It was a group fitness. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, people having fun, just hitting and sweating. It's yeah. great. No real, like, nobody's getting punched in the face. Yeah. Um, unless you want to, not my <laughs> So it was, it was that, and it was great, man. It was a great experience because I learned something completely different. You know, this wasn't a martial arts. This was, this was fitness at the end of the day. Yeah, the boxing was involved. That was the main selling point, but it's fitness. So different energy, different dynamic with the customer, everything is just it's different. So I learned that, man. It was great. Um, and then eventually left, and I went to another gym, and... Probably was there for a couple of weeks, and uh, <laughs> that didn't last very long. This is this is the progression of of you know who you are as a person. But yeah. when you started, when you were growing up in Cleveland, there were some things. I didn't mean to derail you, no, but totally. I do want to get back to kind of um, your story, right? Um, what was it like growing up in Cleveland? Because I heard you say something about your father, sure. right? And I can relate to that. Um, not on the same level as you because everyone has a different story, right? Um, me losing my father at 17, right? Not growing up without a dad, right? That's not growing up without a dad, without a dad ever, right? But um, you said something about that. What what happened and uh, why at that point? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, my parents probably divorced when, man, I don't even know, probably when I was four years old, something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I really didn't have a a father around, yeah. you know, and there's important things that as I've come of age, I've realized there was things missed by that. Yeah. Um, so I've had to find other people to bring that to me, right? Or I had to go out and find it, I right? It. Um, it was unfortunate, man. Yeah. It's a blessing in disguise though, you know, because it, when you're going through it as a kid, you, you're upset, you know, you yes. don't understand anything. Yeah. Um, but as you get older, you start to realize, you know, how people work, how this whole world works and you start to forgive. You have to. You know, even if they're not there, yeah. you know. And um, it was frustrating as a kid. My father was an, was an alcoholic for a majority of it. Uh, he's a recovered alcoholic now. Okay. Thank God for that yeah. one. Um, he's a better off for that, yeah. you know. Um, but that's kind of how I remembered him, you know, because even when it wasn't the alcohol involved, it was still the same person, you know, yes. not showing up, forgetting things. Same shit in there. Same shit. Yeah. Different day. It's hard. It's hard on yeah. a on any a boy or a girl growing up. Mm-hmm. On but a boy growing up, um, it's it's hard, man. Having your father teach you these core things that we need to learn, right? Yes. Um, to become the men that we are as we get older, it's it's hard. And so, 
to be able to reach out and find mentors and, and, and have that is, it's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that had to be hard and I can relate to that, man. You know, not having, having your dad around. Um, but I did hear you say something, mm-hmm. right? If, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be the man I am today. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what you said, yes, right? Um, and I once again, I can relate to that because I say that to my therapist all the time and everyone, right? Is like, um, if my dad didn't die, right? Yeah. Because of the path he was going on and, and, and the man I would have become, um, it wouldn't be close to who I am today. So mm-hmm. with him passing, um, I say that I'm, I'm, I am the man today because my father passed away and I know that like sounds fucked up to some people, but it's how um, you look at it, but it's, it's exactly, it's how you look at it. It's, it's, you know, the, the way that I perceive it is the path that he was living his life and mm-hmm. the alcoholism and the drugs and this and that and all the other shit. Right. Well, in life, they say that you're like the closest five people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. So if you surround yourself with a, you know, a whole bunch of upstanding, hardworking individuals, well, what are you probably going to be? If you surround yourself around a whole bunch of, you know, fuck offs, what, right. what are you going to be? Right. And especially the closest person in my life, my father, but going through it, you don't see that. No, you don't look at it like that. You don't look at it like that at all. Um, when was it, when was that realization? Like, Okay, you know what? I'm I'm I am the man I am today because of the struggle I went through. Can't tell you when that happened. Yeah. Um, but it was probably a progression to it. Yeah. Probably didn't happen until I was about twenty seven. So that yeah. like epiphany happened. That okay, this is my journey. Um, I'm full in control over everything that happens and my own emotions too. Um that took some time to realize what that was, you know. Uh, you know, a little mushroom trip helped yes. to get to there. Yeah. Um it's important. Yeah, it does. And it helps with good people, though. It does. Because sometimes you can't bring that out in yourself. So you have yeah. questions that you got to ask. Yeah. And I was lucky that I had some very knowledgeable, close friends that I can ask those questions to. Yeah. And they can re- re- you know, yeah. reassure me that that's... Oh, fucking I told you, again, boom. Bro. Second time, motherfucker. Second <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going to happen eventually. <laughs> Talking about that psilocybin in your homies. I uh, know. No. Um, so it's important right. to have that, you yeah. know, because again, what are these questions that you're asking and uh, am I crazy, but you're really not, you know, because other people have experienced it too and they've been through it as well. So it's it's good that people can relate, you know, equally. Absolutely. You know, and you're not alone, you know. Yeah, yeah feeling alone is uh, some of the hardest things that people can go through. Mm-hmm. Um using psilocybin dmt lsd as tools are fantastic having fun with it is you know is fantastic too but as i become an adult and really realized the importance of these um these tools i don't like to call them drugs because they're not drugs i don't believe they are no i mean obviously you should wait till you're um you know (laughs) i didn't wait but um you should wait till you're 25 because because the frontal cortex doesn't yeah. fully develop. You know, Rogan talks about this all the fucking time, but it's 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 true. Do the research, look it up. Yes. Um, as a kid, when I took mushrooms and and hallucinogenic, I never had a good time. Right. Me neither. As I became an adult and used it as a tool, it changed my entire life. We were talking about um, DMT yeah. right earlier on the um, before we got on the podcast and um, DMT. I mean uh, LSD psilocybin and dmt have all had vital roles in my life and i've shared this on the podcast dmt saved my life sure and the reason being is um 
two years ago, I was flying out to my mother's and started throwing up and just got super sick on, on the airplane ride. Um, long story short, that led to me being in the hospital for three weeks. I was in ICU. I went freaking, um, they, 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 at one point, like everything stopped, my lungs clapped, like everything, oh, wow. right? And everything stopped and my wife had to get brought into that like, you know, special room and she had to like sign and all that shit, right? Because yeah. they didn't know if I was going to live or die, right? Wow. Three three weeks, a week and a half, week in ICU. It was just brutal, man. I thought I was gonna die, I came to terms with it. Um, and, and all of this shit happened, right? And so I get out. How old out. were you? I, this was two, three years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, just recent, Okay. just recent. And when I got out for the longest time, it was very hard to realize why I was still alive. Okay. And then a lot of depression and this, that, and the other stuff started coming to flow. And so about two years ago, I was very suicidal. Mm -hmm. And um, at one moment, probably six months, eight months after I got out of the hospital, right? I had a straight up Britney Spears moment. I shaved my fucking head off, my head off. I shaved my hair off, my eyebrows, my beard, yeah. everything. I was in, thank God. Uh, <laughs> I was in New Orleans teaching a class and I did it that night and I just had a mental breakdown, right? Yeah. Um, and going through all of this, right? Um, I didn't know where to turn, right? I didn't know what the fuck to do and... I remember that LSD and psilocybin had got me through pivotal moments in my life. Okay. And I was never prepared to take DMT. I was always nervous about it, right? Because you have to, it's, it's not, it's that you just, you don't fuck around with it, right? You, yeah. you would be serious about it. And I hit up my friend who had it, right? And mm -hmm. he said, whenever you're ready, I'll have it, right? And so we went to the, I hit him up, I went to his studio. Um, which was like a happy place for me because I did a lot of recording, um, recording of music, bands and all that shit there for years from when I was younger to, you know, just probably five, seven years ago, right? Um, so it was like my happy spot. And it was just him and I, and I went on, on he had like, a, he has a bed in there, right? And I took the first hit, second hit, third hit. By the time I took the third or fourth hit, right? I blast off into this other world, right? Mm -hmm. And I had become the most vulnerable I have ever felt. I felt like I was completely naked, right? But I knew I had clothes on. Yeah. I was more scared than I ever been, but I knew there was nothing I could do about it. Mm -hmm. And when I came to the point when I was just laying there floating in, in this just weird world all of a sudden when i came to terms with it i see these two eyes looking at me from the top and i don't know i don't know who it was i, I don't know what it was but i thought it was my dad and wow. i had a conversation with him and some of the biggest things that i take away you know i was like dad i'm done i'm done i just don't want to fucking live anymore i do not want to live anymore yeah. And um, he tells me, he goes, Brock, it's not your time. It's not your time. You have a lot more life to live. And I was like, Dad, Dad. He goes, Brock, it's not your time. You have a lot more life to live. And I went through it and I came out of it. 
And as soon as I started coming to reality, because it's, it's, it's relatively quick, right? Yeah. I came to reality. The, the depression, the anxiety, the feelings and thoughts to kill myself and be suicidal stripped it all away. Wow. Now, that is my experience, right? That's not unique, though. A lot it's of people not, have that. A lot of people have that. That's the crazy part. That is the crazy part. And it's very, very strange that in a society with all the information that we have, yeah. we don't look at these things more as tools. And we're starting to, right, with you know psilocybin being yes. decriminalized in a few um, cities across the nation. Um, but these things, if used as tools, can help. Um, and I'm just speaking from my own experience now when most people do drugs, right, yeah. and they get fucked up and they party, um, even if they were party out their ass, partying their ass off, drinking all fucking night, and then threw up everywhere, right, the next morning they'd want to do it all again, right? Yes. It has been a year and a half since I've done it because I'm too fucking scared to do it. Wow. And I'm not scared of it. I'm not scared, but it's not, I'm just, no, like it's like it's like take, it's, you don't need to. I don't need to exactly. Yeah. It's like taking a hero dose of mushrooms, right? Yes. Um, you don't wake up the next day going, "Oh fuck yeah, I'm going to do that again." You're like, "Yeah, let's just wait a little while." You got to decompress, <laughs> of course. You got to let your body take in what the hell just happened to it. Yeah. You know, a, a good friend of mine that you, even she says like some people. For me, I can recall what happens during, after, right away. I'm processing it as it is happening. That's just who I am. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as she explained it to me, it takes her a week to fully realize realize everything that just happened. Because some people takes a little bit a little bit longer just to understand everything that just happened. Yeah. Because again, you're here, but you're not here. No. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It know? is. It is. It's so interesting. And like when I'm talking about DM, like when I was talking about the DMT, especially, I'm not talking about the, the visuals and all that. And right. it's more visuals than I've ever seen in my entire life, right? But it's not about that. Yeah. It's not about that. And even with mushrooms, right? With with psilocybin, with LSD, it's like the you become so introspective. It allows you to go within. Yes. And a person that lives within a lot, being me, mm-hmm. to go more within would be fucking nuts for a lot of people. Um, I'm scared of that. They are. It's the voice inside of your head. Exactly. It's those two people we were talking about, I was talking about before the podcast. It's like, yeah. I have this philosophy that everyone is like at least two people. Um, the person that people perceive on the outside and the person on the inside. So that's great that you talk about that. Yeah. So uh, I know that's the soul, bro. Yeah. If you want to put it in a for word, sure. that's yeah. the soul. Yeah. It's the shell that speaks, and it's the person inside of you. Yeah. You can have two different conversations going on at the same time. Yes. How is that possible? It's, it's, <laughs> it's not, it, again. Exactly. So, again, we can play a little game right here. Okay. I do this with a couple of friends. All right, let's do it. It's a fun game. All right. Okay, so let's take the word Brock. Okay. Say it out loud. Brock. Beautiful. Now, don't say it to me. Say it to yourself. Cool. Yeah. What was the voice that just spoke? <laughs> Completely different. Okay. So let's go deeper. How did you hear yourself speak? Okay. So like 
our our understanding between sound so and I, physical vibration. Yeah. And I hit this, and we both hear it, right? Yeah. But there's no physical vibration, but you're still hearing I it. I feel it in my in my in my in my gut and yeah. in my heart. And if you close your eyes, you can see your name, right? You can place it in different places. Wow. So you're being able to see, hear, right? Yeah. All these things, all these different senses. Yes. So there's a whole different thing that we weren't taught. Yeah. Right? About who we are when we grow up as a kid. Yeah. So like this obviously has no lid, yeah. but if we had a cup, right, or a container, we can both see that it's a three-dimensional world, front, back, left, right, up, down. Yeah. That's what we're told. The minute we come out the womb, back, yes. three dimensions, <laughs> right? But we both can shake that water bottle and we can hear that there's something going on inside of it, right? Yes. Why aren't we talking about what's going on inside of it? Yeah. So that's the voice, right? Yes. So when you, and, and people talk about, I can't turn this voice off in my head, but da, 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 you know, like, and that's a real thing. Of course I've it been is. there. Trust me. Yeah. Like I, I've, that's yes. my childhood. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so once you understand what that voice is, then you can start speaking with intention, yeah. right? You're no longer speaking through a shell yes. and you're conversing through these two different layers, right? Yeah. It's the voice, the shell, they meet Absolutely. one thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you're giving power to your words. Yeah. And words mean something. They that's mean a lot. It's energy. Yeah. Right. And that's what this is all built off of, right? It's, yeah. this, it's this unseen thing that is around us that connects us all, 100%. right? It's like every person that's been on this podcast, when I talk about those two people, mm -hmm. you know, although maybe the person on the outside were complete, complete different, that person on the inside is more similar than I've ever realized. Oh yeah, by far. By far. People just don't ask enough questions. Exactly. We think that we are so different, but we are not. It's just hard to explain because what you just said right now yeah. and that, that, you know, going through that, the person that I said on the outside, the person on the inside, fucking completely different. Yeah. Completely fucking different. I said, Brock, you know, loud and strong. And on the inside, it was definitely not. It was the opposite. Right. right. It's quieter. It's quieter, right? Yep. It's, it's so unique. Wow, that, I've never done that before. So there's more to it, right? It. So that's just the sight, right? Yeah. Sight, hearing, taste, memory, all that stuff. You can go through time, right? You yeah. can see the present, the past, the future, all those different things. So how are we being able to do that? Right again. This is not science. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, yeah. This is just me being fucking weird and, and coming up with some weird stuff. Weird. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it kind of trips me yeah, out. It, it makes does, a little it does, sense. It does. It makes sense. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so the next thing is, if you close your mouth, right? You close your nose. What's the first thing that's going to happen to you? Hold on. You close it. You hold it. What are you going to lose first? My breath close well yeah you'll lose your breath yeah you're gonna lose consciousness oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. right yeah your brain still works your heart's still working your blood's still pumping yeah we're good to go yeah but you're losing consciousness right so consciousness yeah. makes you aware like yeah. i'm aware of this world i'm awake i'm here yeah right but the body still functions without the consciousness yeah you know yeah we know that just from people being you know in, in, in the hospital of course um so if you close your mouth, you close your, your nose, you lose consciousness. So what's air? I don't know. I don't know. But it's giving you consciousness. 
and the air comes from this planet. <laughs> oh, bro, I'm going to trip you up. Oh, shit. Okay, so the, yeah, I get it, right, I get right, it, right. I get it, I get it, I get so it. the air is created through the plants, yes. and it's created yeah. through the earth. Yeah. So the earth is sustaining us to give us consciousness. Yeah. There's no other way that yeah. we can be conscious without the earth. Yeah. So it's all together. It is. It just all works together. It's so and there's no denying that. It, you know, as I've gotten older and older, I've started to realize that more and more and more that we, as this thing that we call world, the earth, you yeah. know, is so interconnected on so many levels, right? You know, from the air that we breathe to the trees to when we die to, you know, getting, you know, brought back around, the fertilizer, all of that shit, right? Yeah. What is that? Bro, who knows? What is that, right? It's, it's the matrix. It is the fucking matrix. <laughs> That's why when someone presented the simulation theory to me for the first mm -hmm. time, um, which is like completely different, right? Yeah. But it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like that that thought of someone or something creating this digital realm, right? Or this, mm -hmm. it's not, obviously not digital. Um it's the same as someone saying, well, you know, God created all of this, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's literally the same thing, which is this person believes this. It's called simulation theory. Well, this person believes it's called God, right? right? Isn't at, at the end of all of it, there's someone that created all of that. Creator is the key word. Exactly. Yeah. Creator. Um, and even with such different views getting back to, you know, the Judaism, right? Mm -hmm. the, the the Jews and the Christians and the Catholics, right? right. They, uh, we've all fought for so long. Well, it is Judaism still. Of course it is. At the of course end of the it day. Is. Of course it is. It's of all course it, of, of course it is. Yeah. It's all the, the Judaism, Old Testament, right? Yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's where it all stemmed from. Yeah. Um, why is it that if we know that this is all interconnected, mm -hmm. um, this person can believe simulation theory, this person can believe, uh, you know, God, um, there's so much fighting in between all of it. Yeah. It just fucking blows my mind. It's like, okay, you guys are both saying pretty much the same fucking thing. Yes. Right. But for years, for centuries, for generations, we have fought over this. Well, no, it's my way. It's no, it's my way. It's like, no, who gives a shit? If you got a Star David tattooed on your fucking arm, yeah. why can't I be me? Why do I have to feel the way that I have felt through different parts of my life, parts of my life? Mm -hmm. It blows my mind. I don't know. I don't know. It, I, I think it's power corrupts absolutely. What do you mean by that? Okay, so if you have a tribe, we'll take a, a, a small tribe. Right, that tribe grows over years and centuries. It's easy to control the tribe from within. Yeah. Right, you build a company same way. You're trying to keep the culture. It's difficult to do when you start to grow. Right, you start to lose culture. You're starting to become more corporate. Yeah. So on the outside, you cannot control what goes on there. You can't control those conversations. No. no. Can't. Cannot. But just as well as you built that tribe from within, out, they can take your tribe from out and destroy it from within. Of course. Right? And they can both move ways. that tribe. Yeah, both mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. So it just becomes that, right? Your sword is bigger than mine. Of course. Right? It's like your hair is more longer than mine. Same thing. Yeah. So I'm jealous. So I asked my friend the other day, when was the first lie? Right? Yeah. 
because tribes and cultures are based upon honesty back then. They yeah. should have been, right? We yeah. would assume that they would be, yes. just like our culture. You know, yeah. America, the way that it's all set up, I walk down the street, it's like we all have a, an agreement that we're not going to hurt each other, right? No. So I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to 7-Eleven. You're good. Yeah. Cool. It took a long, not a long time, but it took some time. It took some time. Yeah. But it, that's everything. Yeah. You know, it's a progression. That's yeah. why people migrate to different areas to keep experimenting with the different... Yeah. You know, it's cool. so true. Yeah. It, 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 it takes time. I was just uh, reading a book about the Comanches, right? Oh, sure. And if we just go back to the 1870s, 1860s, which is like 100, 150 years ago, right? Not very long ago. Not very long ago at all. Yeah. Um, the life those people lived on both sides, the Americans and you know the um, the, the Comanches and the natives, uh, was so different. Yeah. Than what we have what we are going through now and how brutal it was and how brutal it has been. Still. I mean, still, but it is becoming less and less and less. Yeah. Um, we have gone from, you know, centuries, I mean, literally thousands of years of constant battle everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, right? All across the fucking globe. I think we're always, the, the world is always at conflict with each other. Of course. Yeah. But now it's become little hot pockets. Yes. Right? To where it was so so different. Like walking down the street was not a fucking you now I can walk down the street and not think twice, right? Yes. Um and not all cities and neighborhoods are like that, right? I get that, right? But but out where I live, I can walk down the street. If it was 107 100 150 years ago, no fucking way. That's not the case. That's not the case, right? So with evolution, with time, does there come a point where, okay, we've come so far. We were talking about PC, political correctness before. Yeah. Uh, does there come a time when all of this is happening and slowly, slowly, slowly to where there is no war and there is no hatred? That comes back to the first lie question, mm -hmm. right? Because there's conflict somewhere. There's jealousy somewhere, you know, because even within, you know, you can pick any country at war, right? It's probably not a war of race. It's a war of status or some type of war of your different tribe within our own tribe, right? Yeah. So there's hate already within that. Yeah. It's the same culture, it's the same people. Absolutely. But there's hate within that, right? And yeah. that's for everyone, you yeah. know? So nobody's special. So even if it's, you know, a one race, whatever, Yeah. Guess what? Conflict still exists. For sure. Power still exists. Yeah. Um, so it's totally utopian. I don't think that that is a possibility. It's a beautiful thing to talk about. Um, and everybody wishes that a, that's a possibility one day. But in order to get to that, you would literally be limiting people's ability to think and process. Because it goes back to the voice. The voice is having one thing to say and the external body is saying something completely different. So it's like you're fighting the voice and you're appeasing the people around you so nobody feels hurt. But we do live in a digital world, right? So things yeah. are changing, right? So I There's do- probably more hate on the digital platform than there's in real life. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel, at least I'm, 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 this is what I feel or what I think is like, as we progress as a society, right? Wars won't be fought with humans, they'll be fought with robots, right? Yes. With droid based, you know, uh, technology, computer. absolutely. Yeah. So does there come a time where um, these wars are not fought between, um, you know, human beings, mm -hmm. 
but robots and things like that. So then where the wars were not fought, you know, in, in, in this real world, but in a digital world. I think they already warfare. have, though. Sure, yeah, absolutely. a very small degree. No, no, no. I mean, you know? it's getting bigger and bigger, but where there's no wars between Humans, us, yeah, human yeah. beings. It will get to that at some point, like fully yeah. automated robots yeah. fighting each other. I can definitely see that. There's always going to be a human behind that controller. For sure. Right? And, then, you know, not, that's obvious. Well, maybe not, not, eventually. Or, or not. You know, yeah, you never know. I get what you're saying. Um, so even if there is a controller, right, we'll say that there is. Yeah. Um, humans still got to do that. They're still going to be affected by it because they're knowingly knowing what they're doing is real. Yeah. They got a real video screen right there. So you're still having that effect of the PTSD. So, man, I don't know. I don't think it'll ever get completely automated. But it can get damn close. You don't think there's going to come a time where it's fully automated, fully autonomous robots fighting against fully autonomous robots. They'll and- fight us. <laughs> oh, that's a fucking fact. That's what I mean. Like, it, it, it will get to a point where they'll just, they'll do it on their own. But I do think they at that point, if, if man is smart enough and woman is smart enough. Create that- a backdoor. What? Create a backdoor. No, no, no. We start to become fully cyborg, right? Because oh. I believe is evolution, yeah. right? I don't believe evolution is taking us to give us another fucking horn or another toe or any of that shit. Well, we're doing that to ourselves already. So even though it's not evolution, we are still manipulating our bodies right now. Sure. And we're gearing up for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we see these, you know, iPhones, iPads, all this shit. I mean, it's every, everyone's hands, right? Yeah. And we have become smarter as a society now because at any given moment, um, any question, any thought, idea, you can just Google that shit. You can ask Siri. You can ask Google for it, right? Yeah. Um, which if the person is smart enough, they, you know, will use it. That doesn't make everyone smart enough. Um, but we as a society are smarter now that with that, we're with that. Um, now there does come a point where that does come together because yeah. I mean, even pacemakers and, um, all the, all the other fucking things that you would know more about, um, than me just dealing with, you know, lots of people training them. Yeah. Um, does that then, in your mind, think, uh, okay, because cy- AI, I do believe, will turn on human beings. Yeah. Right? Uh, we'll and integrate at some point. Of course. So do we integrate with the AI? Do we integrate with that? Have you thought about that? Of course. With my industry? Yeah. So I think that a lot across a lot of industries. There's very few jobs that are going to sustain the test of time. Yeah. That's, a, that's like a, a trade. Yeah. Absolutely. Cutting hair. Yeah. It's a trade. Like, that's something that even with the technology now can't replace the human, yeah. right? There's just something, the, the, the verbiage, the, yeah. the technique, it, you're seeing something that is different from the person before, that, that will never go away. Um, it will take a very long time. If it's on a digital platform, I think a, a video camera is still gonna be present with yeah. the instructor viewing what's going on. Um, I, I think that it, with the fitness, it'll be very difficult for it to get to a, a level where there's not any kind of physical person involved. Um, unless again, again, like a cyborg that can see your posture and be like two, two degrees, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like getting real intricate, which would be dope. Um, it'll happen eventually. Yeah. Eventually. But then it's like at that point that eventually a thousand years down the road has man then merged with the machine. Right. So then we are the machine. So then. You know, things are just so different at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, and we can continue to go down that rabbit hole. But I do want to dial it back, right? Um, your story is very unique in the sense that you didn't 
grow up, you know, wanting to do the the bodyguard stuff, wanting to do the, you know, workout bodybuilding, you know, yeah. Krav Maga, um, all, all of those things. As a kid, were you ever picked on, teased? Um, and then there was this evolution that, you know, because of, you know, the music and all the story that you yeah. shared before. No, wasn't really picked on. Okay. Picked on my, by my brother. Okay. And his friends. <laughs> That's the second time we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was obviously around them a lot. Yeah. He's, you know, what, two years older than me. Yeah. Uh, so I was hung out with them. Yeah. So I'd be picked on by them. Yep. That's know? their job. Yep. Yeah. We hit each other in arm as much as we can, as hard as we could. You know, shit like of that. Course, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I was mainly a loner my whole life, my uh, whole childhood, even till today. You know, um, I can do an extroverted job, but I'm an introverted at home, straight up. You know, even in my regular life, I'm a very introverted person yeah. and not in like a negative sense where, I'm, you know, I'm a shy or whatever. Like, no, not that's not the case at all. Um, I can turn it on. I can turn it off just as easily. But I, too, take time for myself. I don't feel like I got to like drown it out with other people to keep me, I don't know, preoccupied or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I was mainly by myself growing up. Um, so I just learned my independence in that sense where I was just a, constantly thinking, questioning everything around me. And um, it was, again, nowadays it did ADHD, learning disabilities, all that stuff. And it took a, took a toll, like it took a toll, it took a time for mother to fully understand what was going on with me. Yeah. Put me through testing and all this different, bro, I'm telling you, like years of this stuff, trying to figure out what was going on with me, why I wasn't passing tests, why I wasn't learning anything yeah. in a school setting, not yes. in life. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, a completely yeah. different thing. Because she can tell that I'm very, I'm highly functional. Yeah. I'm quick. I'm smart. You know, like, but there's something that's not clicking. Why is he not passing a test? Why does it take him a week to do it? Yeah. He doesn't do his homework. I get it. He's always causing trouble in class. Yep. What's going on with this kid? Why are you talking about me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get it. I get exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it became that whole situation. And then, uh, honestly, I didn't even pass a, a, a math test until my senior year. You know what I mean? I get it. Not because I couldn't do it. No. I'm a smart kid. Yeah. I knew what was going on. But just the way that it was structured and the way it was done, it didn't make sense to me. Um, but if we broke it down, we talked about it, we broke, you know, your boy got it at Absolutely. some point. Um, so it was that. So I grew up learning that about myself. Okay. How do I learn? Right. Physical, hands on, got to talk about it. And, uh, you know, it took me a little while to get that, but, you know, I was probably around 18 years old when I figured that out. It eventually clicks. Yeah. Growing up, going through, having to go through all of those tests. And um, did you understand what was going on at that point? Because no. I personally, did you just say no? No. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Right? Um, you don't realize until you're older, right? Yeah. Do you think that? it was something that helped you out at all? Like going through all those tests and that experience? Uh, Initially, I don't think so. Okay. It's confusing, yeah. right? You're getting taken out of school. Mom's driving you to this other facility. There's ladies asking you questions, putting you in a room with headphones. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. really intricate stuff. Test, reading off numbers, repeating them, organizing different things. You know what I'm saying? Like auditory visual test. Across the board. Absolutely. Many years of this. Um, didn't know what was going on. You know? I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's 
weird to reflect back on those moments, right? Because I yeah. went through the same shit, right? Two different lives, same, but a lot of similarities. I'm starting to hear from your story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I look back at that time and go, okay, that helped me out at all, right? But I do know that. I don't think it was for you, though. Exactly. I think it was for the mother. There we go. <laughs> you see what I mean? She's trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's got to be hard as a mom, right? I think it's very difficult. Right? Yeah, she's confused. Uh, My kid's normal, but he's not functioning in school. What's wrong with him? Why do we do that as a society? We got different we have different people. Like, everyone learns differently. Why has it got to be this straight and narrow bullshit? That's a great question, man. I wish I knew the answer for that. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a standard way of learning, yeah. you know, in America. Um, but luckily, when my mother started figuring this out, she realized, okay, he's obviously not learning the same way. So she put me in, in different schools that catered to kids that didn't do so well in a 30-person class. Yeah. Talking limited six people. Um, at some point, went to boarding school, bro. Holy shit. Yeah, that was my whole high school career. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, I actually wanted to go, though. You did? I did. As a kid, I could never have imagined going to boarding school. And I thought you were going to go down the path saying, oh, I, I was sent there because I didn't want to, you know, not go there or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then you said that you wanted to go. Yeah. Definitely um, wanted to go. Why? That's a great question, man. I mean, I was going, I was already at another school, obviously, you yeah. know, for my ninth grade year. And that wasn't going so well. Yeah. All my friends had left and went to their other schools, you know, for the high school part. Yeah. And then uh, my brother went to this place, you know, boarding school as well. And um, I just saw that, you know, he was doing his thing. He was growing up, being independent, you know, had cool friends, looked cool to me. And uh, I just knew that I wanted to be independent. I wanted that. I wanted to not live underneath my mother's house anymore. Not that I have anything against her. I love my mother. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Mama Dukes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to grow up. I was ready to grow up, even though I really wasn't ready to grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I look at I, it, I but, get it. You know, you think that you know everything. Of and, course uh, you do. Your yeah. flock were so stupid when we were that oh, age. Dumb. Great. <laughs> it's such a great time. Yeah. Uh, so I just told her, I was, you know, look, I just want to go. You know, I'm, I want to go. And she's like, all right. Maybe two weeks later, I was gone. No fucking way. Yeah, man. What was it like that first day away from home at such a young age? It was fine because uh, the way that my house is already situated, uh, I lived in the basement okay. part of it. So my mother and my brother all lived upstairs and I had my own room and that's how I wanted it. I just wanted to be separate from everybody for whatever reason. You know, I just wanted my space, bro. You know, I just wanted to do my thing. I didn't want to, I didn't want my mom walking into the living room and, you know, I just wanted to be by myself. I got it. And watch television and chill and, and yeah. just learn about myself, I guess. A sense of independence, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I just, you know, I felt cool with it, being by myself. But I technically wasn't because I had a roommate. Yeah. And my transition to the school was actually pretty seamless, man, because uh, I knew everybody pretty much. What? Yeah, my brother went there. Ah, dude, so that actually makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Your bro went there. You looked up to him. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Without him probably realizing it. No, I mean, yeah. At that age, you don't realize anything. So he resented it. It was great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
but uh, so I went to the school. So my roommate actually happened to be a friend of his that I knew very well. Damn. Yeah, so it was like a smooth. Dude, transition. so it was like living with your boy, yeah. essentially. At a boarding school with rules yeah. that we still broke. Of know? course, of course. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. times? Great times. Damn. Interesting times. Uh-huh. Funny stories. <laughs> Go, going there, being around a whole bunch of fucking boys, fucking yeah. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. And rough kids, too. Okay. Okay. So These weren't like... You're straight and narrow. No, Obviously, you're fucking boarding school, right? Boarding school. Yeah, you're there yeah, for a reason. Yeah. You're de- definitely there for a reason. Well, maybe you, right? No, I mean, particularly. Yeah. Well, I was there for a reason yeah. because I was already in trouble okay. originally with the... Uh, the police and all yeah, this just stuff. you were young, just dude, getting stupid kid. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah fuck, dude. When I was in ninth grade, I, I got charged with ten felonies, got dropped down to three felonies, one felony, and then got expunged off my record. I, all, all just fucking stupid drugs. That but. sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I was a kid, right? I was yeah. doing stupid shit. Um, should give second, third, fourth chances easily. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we yeah. should give chances as society. Anyways, yeah, of um, but for sure, as kids, mm-hmm. you're you're just you you don't think the way that you do as an adult, right? You don't know how to dress yourself. No, you don't even. Yeah, you're you're not a person. You're no. just like this little blob in in the whole scheme of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but going there, what kind of shit would you guys do? Because it must have been fucking nuts. Well, I mean, we would try and get away with much as we could. Um, Obviously, the little things are staying up past our bedtime, right? Mm-hmm. Sneaking out. That's the security, right? And the security moves around. There's multiple of them. So if you're sneaking out, you got to know what you're going, what you're, what you're going to do, and where you're going, uh, because you got to move around these people. Damn. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. So, you know, some kids would go out. They would get into other people's rooms, start drinking. They would go out and smoke. We go and call them nature walks. So, but were you allowed to go on these nature walks? We were allowed to go on these nature walks. Okay. Um, and we would just ask the teacher, like, yo, can we just like go for a walk in the woods, blah, da, 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 over here? Because the property was huge. Yeah, yeah totally go for that. That's so fucking crazy. Yeah, they cut off that. Yeah, we, they cut <laughs> off to that eventually. Um, that was a great summer school. Um, <laughs> that must have been just, it, 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 although you guys were a whole bunch of little rough fuckers, um, it still should probably be a great time in your life it was yeah yeah we all had a great time we were by ourselves basically yeah. you know yeah. and our teachers were still not our friends okay they were just more of um make sure you're not going to kill them like get killed you know the kids are killing each yeah. other you know they're yeah. just supervising the whole situation um because you're going to be friends with these these teachers uh you look up to them because you're with them all the time and they treat you like an adult right. it's not like how it is in in a public school. Yeah. This is different. You're living with these people. Uh, you're eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, everything with these people. They got yeah. kids. Guess what? You're growing up with the kids. Wait, the kids of the... Of the teachers. No fucking way. They still kid, have families. They oh, live yeah. there too? Yeah, they live on the property. And they go to school there and... They teach. They live. Whoa. Families grow up. How, yeah. Damn. So it must have been... I mean, did it sometimes feel like a big family? Or? Yes. And it, and it felt like that because there wasn't a point where you ever didn't feel like somebody was necessarily out to get you. Wow. It more was like, if you get caught, we're going to catch you, but we're going to support you and get you to where you need to be and keep checking in on you and do everything <laughs> that they need to do to get that. 
And some kids are responsive to that, some aren't. But yeah. that was that was pretty much the setup. And I knew that, you know. That that is the way it should be done, right? I mean You would hope so. Take away the like living there, right? Um but them as teachers sharing those things and going through those experiences and looking at it from that side, not being so one-sided with things. At least that's the way I'm taking from it, you know, going through that situation. And that must've been a big time of growth for you. Oh, for sure. Cause I'm looking up to these people. Yeah. Again, I was growing up without a father per yeah. se. So I'm looking up to the history instructor, you know, the gym instructor, the health instructor. And I was living with these people. So again, you're seeing them be a father. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, be, they're, it humanizes them, right? Yeah, for sure. And makes them treat you in a different way as well, mm-hmm. right? Because they also have to live with you, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's this weird dynamic, right? I've, I've actually never heard of that, but I've never researched a lot into boarding school, right? Sure. Um, I don't know if a lot of boarding schools are like that. I don't fucking know. Right? I don't know either. Yeah. Mine was very small. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, my, my graduating class probably had 30 people in it. Wow. It's probably 100 plus yeah, people. That was so good for total. you. Oh, yeah. For you, you know, and for me, it would have been the same way. And that's why some of these smaller schools that kids like myself, yourself would get sent to, mm-hmm. they look as like the bad schools, right? Well, yeah. that whole dynamic needs to change because although our brains are wired differently than every single other person, like, fuck that. Um, as a kid, we adapt and learn better when there is a smaller group camaraderie, yeah. um, uh, a little bit of this, you know, cat and mouse, I'm better, you're better, right? Uh, but on a smaller scale, it allows individuals to foster these Well, tools here's the thing. To grow. We all share something in common. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, we did. And that was the one thing that I noticed the most. And that's why everybody pretty much got along with each other. I mean, obviously, there's still like a little bit of bullying and picking yeah. on kids just because that's what they do, unfortunately. Kids are just dicks. Yeah, but humans do that. Grown-ups yeah. do that, too. Yeah, but kids are just dicks. They're tough. They're um, tough. So you would have this multidimensional group of kids yeah. all over the world. I love that. My roommate was Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Right? So think about this. His mother called him, asked him, when she found out that she was living with a Jew, like, is he nice to you? <laughs> I know. Right? And obviously, yeah. like, I didn't know yeah. anything about yeah. that, right? Yeah. Either did he. Uh, but that was, like, something that, you know, the parents were very aware of. And it was interesting to, to hear him, yeah. hear his side of the story. Yeah. What, what is it like growing up in Saudi Arabia? It's incredible, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just to hear his perspective and to hear what it's like in the city layout. It's like America. Yeah, The city planning is... Yeah, identical yeah, yeah um so it's it's great to grow up with that um people from south korea um, all over the world bro yeah so yeah it, it makes you look at life uh differently yes because everybody has different experience there yeah. Yeah, it's a different world man it's a different place for each individual and then coming together i love hearing that i've never ever heard that before so yeah. it's uh really cool to hear that story once you went through that and then what was the the point in your life you're like all right fuck it i'm gonna move to california for music again that was that happened when i went to the first college okay um so after that whole experience i got kicked out you know it happens it's an ongoing theme it's an ongoing yeah, thing me bro. too i, was, I mean I, I was just side note i was kicked out of um every single junior high school in 
Santa Clarita where I live. Okay. So I went to every single one of them and that, that, that wasn't the last time, but I've been kicked out of a lot of places when I was, when I was younger. Right. Yeah. Um, and obviously the same shit happened to you. Mm-hmm. Whatever dude, we're ADD fucking whatever. Like who gives a shit? This is why they kicked me out. Yeah. Because in my disciplinary meeting, I didn't say that I wanted to be a Muskegon for life. Oh, there we go. Well, that's a lot. I just, that's, I was like, I love going here. It's a great school. Like, <laughs> I just want to go to school. Da, 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 da. But I was like, ah, they really wanted to. No, it's to put you in line. I probably shouldn't have said that high school, college now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we can cut it out yeah, or we can it. make it, make you say it 10 times. Yeah, yeah. And so people really understand. No, I'm just fucking around. No, no, but that doesn't matter. Um, all of that then got to a point for you, right? You moved. Uh, when you came to California. Well, I was lost. Let's, okay. get, let's get that right. Okay. I was lost before. So after I left that first school, I'm back home. What am I gonna do for the rest of my life now? I've been told that that's the, that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what's, you get another second chance at college? Yeah. I just got kicked out of one. Don't they talk to each other? So I'm looking like, do I have to go to the military? Holy shit. Right? Yeah. I'm working at Petco. Damn. You see what I'm saying? Okay, but you were 18, right? 18. You were 18, Petco, whatever. That's yeah. where pets go. You're 18. Yeah, not saying anything about right? Petco. It was yeah. a dope little job. The animals all over the place kept me entertained. Oh, great. I, yeah, I mean, I loved whatever, it. but yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. So I would sit outside, sunbathe, listen to music, and just meditate on what it is I'm trying to do with my life. And this the idea of working in music came across my mind back in my junior year as well. Um, but when I researched it, it wasn't very informational because there was nothing about it. Sound engineering, live sound, post-production, there was nothing really that I could have read to tell me what the job was. And if anything, it was all just like, you sit in a chair for 12 hours, da da da, da this is what you do. And I was like, all right, that sucks. Because there was no, there was no college route for that. What's the job title? There's no college course for that. So I was lucky at that time because when I looked it up, one school that wasn't like a Berkeley school for music, you know what I'm saying? Just like some type of yeah, yeah, oh, fuck yeah. extra, yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, it was a trade school. They had an audio engineering program. They just started it. Yeah. It happened to be in Los Angeles. There we go. Full sale was going on as well. Of course. But I, won't, I, didn't, want a certific- I didn't want a certification at that time. I wanted an actual degree, yeah. you know, because again, that's what we're told. That's what we need. And again, it's, it's better to have that than a, I don't know how long the course. Yeah, you just wanted to come to LA too. Fuck yeah. yeah. Come on, yeah. come on. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, so, um, you make that decision, right? You yep. get, get the fuck out here. Do you remember the first day? If you think back, do you remember the first day you got to California? How you felt? It was different, man. The layout of the city. Uh, when I first flew in, the one thing that I noticed the most was the different colors of the houses. Okay. It's not very noticeable now because yeah. I'm in it. But flying in, I was like, why are the house? There's pink houses. There's yellow houses. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You just don't see that very often in Cleveland. It's of course. Very sterile. It's very, they're just, you know, it's just, uh, every house is the same, right? Yeah. Well, it's brick houses. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of brick. Yeah. And there's no brick out here. Yeah. Um, so it's, it was different to see that, um, which was pretty cool. I didn't mean every house is the same. I meant every house. Um, well, they look the same. They they look the same, yeah. right? And it's because of the brick. And it's just different weather, different mm-hmm. shit, right? Um, so flying in, you notice all the colors. It was different. Yeah. Um, 
but it then shaped who you were today because, right? I mean, not, not, not shaped who you were, obviously your childhood and everything they've gone to shaped, shaped who you were, but it shaped who you are as an adult um, because it was that next chapter in your life. Yeah. Uh, Good, bad, or indifferent, what has come after that, right? And Mm -hmm. and you have had this dynamic up and down in your life, right? Um, And that's, that's amazing because sometimes we go through things and we look at it as just like every single day, but scanning out, right? From a bird's eye view. Yeah. Although it's like that up and down crazy shit, right? It's just like, because to be able to come out to California, right? Um, to make that decision, to make that goal as an 18 year old kid. And I know a lot of people do it, but it still doesn't mean everyone does it. Yeah. And to then leave the nest so far away. It's furthest I've ever been. <laughs> exactly. It starts to shape who you are as an adult. Yeah. Um, you had that decision to do music, right? What music were you playing? What music were you making? I was, it was audio engineering. So okay. I'm recording bands okay. I'm doing live sound on stage, post-production for like television shows, you know, putting in yeah. the screeching of the tires, stuff like that. Of course. Yeah. 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 Um, but then within six months it changes. Yes. Right. Yes. Every, everything starts to change. What do you think it was, if you could sum it up in to just a few words, was that I'm going to change? Because that's what you came out. That's a short period of time. Yeah. I mean, I know you shared the story in the beginning of like everything that had happened, but why? 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 That's a great question, man. I'm not sure why. Okay. Um, I wanted to be a part of something. Right with the music, definitely wanted to be a part of something. Yeah. When I listen to a great song, I'm just imagining what that was like being in the studio when that was being created. Because at the end of the day, even though it's words and it, you hear it over, you know, a speaker, it's, it's still art at the end of the day. Yeah. And they're coming up with that out of nothing, thin air, putting yeah. this piece together, that piece together. And you hope it works. You don't know. Same with the painting; it's the same situation, except we can visually see the end result and the process. Um, so I wanted to be a part of that. I thought it would be really cool. And uh, and that's what I envisioned every single day. And when I got to that point where I was actually doing that, I realized that I wasn't getting to do what I envisioned. Okay. It might have gotten to that at some point. Who knows? Uh, but I did realize I didn't like sitting in the studio for 12 hours. <laughs> right? I read this, you know? Yeah. Didn't like it. Didn't like somebody telling me what to do and how to do my job and how to record the music. Like... No, there's a, there's a process of how I do this, and there's a reason why I do it the way I do it. And because that's how I was taught. And I saw that being utilized, and I was like, that makes sense. That's an artist. Because, spoiler, most of the, the music that we listen to nowadays is highly edited. Yeah. So one of the tricks of the trade that I was taught was you can have a singer sing the same song 10 times, 20 times, doesn't matter. And they'll go through that entire, all of them all 20 of those songs and they'll highlight three seconds five seconds of it same five seconds in each of the part and they'll listen to it which is the best part yeah they'll edit that out place it on a blank track to go to the next couple of seconds what sounds good wow uh, crazy right right just piece frankenstein bro yeah yeah that's an art form in itself of and course that's the audio and engineer doing that it's beautiful yeah 
but you weren't, you weren't happy. It's not no. what you thought it was. No. Right. Then to switch into, you know, um, uh, the world that you are in now, yeah. right? which is so dynamic because you've done bits and pieces of a lot of it. Right. Uh, it, that's a huge shift. Right. Yeah. I mean, music to, you know, Krav Maga music to, you know, um, teaching people how to protect and take care of themselves and work out and, and all of those things that, and especially it wasn't anything that you did a lot before. Right. When you started to make that transition at that point, um, after you were a year or two in, when did you really start to find your groove? Maybe two to three months teaching with the Krav Maga. Okay. I realized that that was what I was supposed to be doing. Education. Yeah, teaching people, empowering them. Yeah. You know, um, I really enjoyed that, man. That yeah. was a really important thing to me, even with the fitness. Even fitness and there's boxing involved, still intention behind it. I understand that we're having fun, we're hitting these bags, but guess what? What we're doing right here actually could help you in some capacity, even though it's not constructive and a really systematic, like this is a fight, right? This is what we're yeah. gonna prepare for. At least you're getting people familiar and comfortable moving in that manner, Yeah, right? That's the biggest fear that a lot of people have. What do I even do with my arms? Yes. How do I do that? Yeah. And another thing is, again, when you're teaching with people that have no experience, okay, let's break this down never have punched anything in their entire life. <laughs> Imagine that. That's so crazy to me, right? It's heavy, bro. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah. And you have to, it's not to laugh because there no. are a lot of people out there like that that have yeah. never been in a fight or a fight. Anything Doesn't even have to be a fight. Punched a whatever punched a heavy wall, bag. a heavy yeah. bag, anything, right? Yep. Um, with intent. With intent, right? Yeah, with so intent. it's getting that out of somebody. That's so you, awesome. Bro, that's incredible to it see is. that. Because you can see the, the, the person that comes in the door and then the person that leaves. Two different people. Two different people. One is intimidated, one is empowered. And that happens yeah. like that. Yeah. Right? Um, they don't know that's happening. Right? They're unaware. But they feel something just happened to them. They just know it. Um, but how do you get that out of them? That's yeah. a tough thing to do. Getting it out of them. Like, I need you to hit that bag as hard as you can. Squeeze your fist. You'll yeah. be all right. But it's the emotion that they're holding back prevents them from getting to that point. So I didn't, these are things that I'm discovering along my journey. Yeah. You know, why am I even doing this, you know? Absolutely. Making people do squats and sit-ups and push-ups, but there's more to it. It's so much more to it, and yeah. especially the way that you break it down, and I see the way that it lights up your face when you talk about it, right? Um, uh, there, there are many studies out there about, you know, like micro expressions mm -hmm. and you can tell just by the smallest little shift and change in a person's face, the way that they're thinking, the way that they're feeling, you know, all, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and the way that your face lights up when you talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. There's something deep inside that you are truly passionate about. Sure. Which is incredible because to pull that out of an individual, Right. Knowing that you, and this is all subconscious, right? You're not, this yes. isn't like, oh, this is me, right? I'm doing this. No, it's not, it's none of that shit. Yeah. It's, but you're taking this person through an evolution, 
mm-hmm. and a pivotal change in their life, right? Um, although they may not think about it at that moment, right? right? Or ever think about it. When you can bring that out of a person, when you started realizing that, you just hooked onto it. Mm-hmm. And that, right away. What are some of those feelings that a person goes through when they come in that door, right? Because you see this, I've, I've, I've never, never actually seen this. Yeah. Um, they come in, is it uh, that they're shy and this and scared and when they come out, there's this the different person. Mm-hmm. What are those things that you um, kind of latch onto that has made you so passionate about this part of, of, you know, the whole world and, and, and industry that you're working in and that you've been in. Yeah. What is that? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, I would honestly say that everything has to do with intent, right? The minute they walk in the door and the minute they leave, um, when they walk into the room, they have to be seen from the jump. Some people don't want to, right? Yeah. They want to hide. You know, they're, they're intimidated right off the bat. Um, but again, they've never hit anything before, even if we take the boxing out of it. Yeah. I'm still intimidated to work out in front of another human, yeah. being judged, whatever it may be. Um, man, intent, yeah. right? For myself, too, and the words that I use. Again, words sound beautiful, but intent behind the word is going to determine the entire shift in the room. Because, again, you can say anything that you want. Love yourself. It's beautiful. You know, we're getting sexy. We're getting stronger right now. That's great. A lot of people say that. Yeah. But, again, you've got to dig deep in what's really happening right here. So what's happening is we are taking a human from level one and we're going to level two. It's like a video game. We're upgrading our attributes. And I know that humans have the ability to do and learn anything that they want to. You know, I mean, obviously maybe intelligence and processing information is different for everybody, but we all have the ability to learn and do anything that we want. And the one thing that sets us apart is just this, right? Making up your mind, that's what I'm gonna do. And once you've made up your mind, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you believe that that's what's gonna be achieved no matter what, right? Um, so I just know that when somebody comes in, into a, a class of mine or a private situation that when we do something 10 times, and I'll tell them this. Yeah. I tell them all. Yeah, 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 they'll yeah. listen to this. They'll, yeah. they'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you do something for the first time out of 10 times, you're going to get it perfect one time. Yeah. Own that one time. Yes. The rest of them, you're going to make tons of mistakes. Yeah. That's great. You're supposed to. Yes. Own that. So the next time you do it, you get two out of ten. Three, four, five, yes. six. That's progression right there. Yeah. Might take three months to do that. Yeah. But that's the point. That is the point. I'm seeing this. Yeah. They might not be checking this out yeah. as it's happening, but yeah. I do. Yes. So I'm just like getting switched on, like as this is happening. Yeah. You know? That's amazing. And I always tell them, like, look, we'll we'll get to nine. We're never gonna get to ten. <laughs> never. Okay. Respect. It's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You can always get better. Yeah, of, of course. You know, absolutely. And 
you know, I, I think we, I, I don't know, I guess me, I've always looked at, you know, working out and, you know, with people, with trainers and coaches and all, all of this shit, right? Um, from just kind of the person, oh, they, they go in, they are overweight and they have this huge transformation, right? Yeah. Or they go in and they're whatever and they go in for a day and never come back, right? And all, all over the board, right? But we think- And about, that's okay. And that's okay. We think about the transformations. I think about that, but I never think about what the, the trainer, the coach, the educator um, feels or thinks about. And that's why I asked you that question yeah. because it's so cool. I, I can totally understand like, uh, that's why you love what you do. Yeah. It's, I would, I would hope everybody feels and thinks that way. Yeah. You yeah. would hope. Uh, absolutely. Um, but that's something that I've come along my journey and self-discovery in my fitness genre, you know? Yeah. Um, cause that's what it comes down to, man. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to train a super athlete. No, no. But I l take the pride and pleasure in taking somebody from nothing and they can walk away with something for the rest of their life and nothing can, and they can't be taken away from that. Yeah. Uh, and with the fighting and the martial arts and stuff, that's like having a superpower and nobody knows about it at the end of the day. You walk into a room and you have the ultimate confidence that nobody knows about. You can protect yourself. Yeah. You can defend everybody that's around you, right? Yeah. So you're just walking into the room and you know 99% of the people don't have that. Yeah. Right? Fuck yeah. I get it. So it's important for women to really be able to have that in themselves, yeah. right? And most of my clients happen to be females, um, which is a great thing. Yeah. And you wouldn't, you would think that it'd be, oh, more males are doing this, but. It's just because you're a good looking dude, man. No, no man. I'm just joking. I'm just no. joking. It has nothing to do with that. I wish. No, that would be great. I, I mean, I mean <laughs> I'm just talking um, shit. Um, no, but it's. It's because of what you're saying right now. Yeah, more women do fitness boxing versus the men that I see come in. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That's awesome. And then That's more awesome. women are going from the fitness boxing and then going to the boxing gyms. Damn. There's Damn. More, there's more women fighters now than there have ever been. That's so cool. It's the awareness. That's exactly. It's awareness, right? Mm -hmm. uh, without anything in life, it's the awareness and... It's an amazing workout and it's a huge transformation. It's not just like lifting some weights and things like that, right? It's it's that next level one-on-one um, -on -one type contact and the way that you can bring out this just mm, yes. inside of a person, right? It's like, you can lift weights, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's great. It's, it's fantastic. Great. Fantastic, right? But like boxing, it, there's just, a, it, there's, I don't know. I think it's primal. I think it's in all of us, right? 100%. Um, you know, for one of my birthdays, my wife, uh, she got me this, this present where I got to go to this freaking warehouse and they set up like, all of these just fucking crazy, like, like bins and like TVs and guitars and all the shit. And I'm just breaking it. Oh, right. Sure. It was yeah, yeah. fucking dope. It was amazing. And that feeling, that aggression, that, mm, that I'm talking about, uh, especially an individual that doesn't have that confidence, yeah. that lacks, um, some of these things that, that, uh, other people might have. But our society is set up that you weren't able to do that before. Of course. It's changing now. Exactly. We're being able to release that stuff. Yeah, I love that. I you know? love that. 
What is that? What is the mm, inside of us, man? Depression, bro. <laughs> Even when I do it, it's just like, it's like, fuck yeah. Um, because just in one day, you know, clients that take my class, I tell them all the time, just in a week, how often do you actually want to punch something? Yeah. It's pretty often just in a single day, yeah. three, four times a day, just yeah. driving alone. Yeah. But how often do you actually get that opportunity? Yes. So you just bent up, bent up, bent yeah. up. And then you get the release. It's such a release, you know? man. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's helping people. 100%. It's helping people. Even if it's not a physical thing, it, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It's not the, that's not the point of fitness. Yeah. Right? Be healthy. Right? There's one thing. But being active is a completely different thing. Yeah. Right? Be active for yourself. Be healthy for yourself. And then you can mix the two together. And then, then you get the full spectrum. For sure. You know, but you can have one without the other. Yeah. That's okay. That's it a is. you decision. Yeah. But you know. when you're when you're talking about fitness um, and, and and all of that, what is someone asked? I do want to ask you a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. How important at the same time, like working out, taking care of yourself, is the food aspect of all of it? Um, everyone's like. 50-20 or 50-20, that doesn't make 100. 50-50, 80-20, yeah. whatever the fuck it is. Going through that, um, has that always been something part of you too, the food aspect or? Well, so the food aspect came from being poor. Okay. Right, you know, and I understood just from being at the boarding school and growing up with my mother and how she fed me, I understood what I needed to eat at the end of the day on a limited thing. Protein, vegetables, maybe a potato. Okay. Right? I kept yeah. it simple many years like yeah. that. So I'm just remembering what I was fed as a child. All right? It was a chicken. It was some vegetables. It was a potato. Right? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I ate that for many years, man. And, um, and I kind of stuck to that. So there was no intent of like, I need to eat a certain way. Yeah. I was just eating the way that I kind of was taught, you know? Um, Granted, we did have the snacks and all the goodies in, in the cupboards and stuff like that, and I ate all of that. Yeah. Um, but when you don't have money to afford that, you realize, okay, that's what I need to buy, the chicken, the vegetables, the potato. Yeah. And that's what I bought. Um, and maybe if I had an apple, I would crunch that or get a Snickers bar at the end of the week and I treat, you know what I'm saying? Like, of course. I get it. But there was no intent of healthy fitness lifestyle. There was an intent behind that. Even with the the martial arts, there was no intent behind like the fitness, group fitness, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, they're just products of my own progression in life. Um, never followed a diet. I've learned them all. Wow. You know, but I don't. I don't think that there's ever one right way. It's yeah. impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Humans, humans across the board digest food in very vast different ways. Yeah. You know, it's we all so react. true. It's so true. Every, everyone. So there isn't one one right way. Um, and it, it's so fucking awesome to hear that because yeah. there's uh, guidelines. Yes. And what would those guidelines be? Well, you got to understand what kind of food you're eating. Okay. Right. So. Um, a big thing that I, when I learned was nutrient dense foods okay. and what the purpose behind those really are, mm-hmm. right? So if you take in a protein, a grain, whatever it may be, uh, and then a vegetable. So if you're looking at nutrient density, you're talking about the quality of nutrients just within that one food, right? 
So the more nutrient dense the food is, the more full you're gonna be longer term. Okay. Right, you can eat more of it. So you got kale, that's the most nutrient dense food in the entire world. Wow. Right, you can look at the numbers, it is incredible. Wow. That means you can eat a ton of that. Okay. And get all the nutrients that you want. Yeah. Right? You look down the line, you got sweet potatoes on that thing. You can eat a ton of sweet potatoes to the point that you are full, right? And at that point, you can actually curb your appetite. Okay. You're full much longer. But you got to keep in mind that the calories are much less. So even though you're full for much longer, the calorie intake is much less. So you're going to burn more fat. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be burning much quicker than you really should be. So it's understanding, okay, these food groups make me fuller faster, longer. These food groups burn even quicker. So I know that if I eat this, this, and this, I just balance myself out. And now I got all the nutrients in my diet based upon a sweet potato, uh, some broccoli, and a chicken or a salmon or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It all has to work together, right? You can take one thing out and just work those two things, and you can take two things out and just work the one thing, and there's tons of people that do that. Um, But again, that doesn't necessarily work for every single person, Um, you know, just because we're all different. But if you just follow those simple guidelines of a nutrient-dense situation, again, we're not talking about process, we're not talking about none of that, just the quality of the food. That's important. That's it. That's important. Mm-hmm. And and as Americans, uh, we know or we should know that the quality of food has gone down tremendously. Well, it's I wouldn't say the quality. I think the quality is actually very good. No, no, the quality is very good. Yeah. The quality on a mass scale yes, I has think, gone I down. Think the way that they view nutrition. Sure. Is, I'm, I think I'm saying this incorrectly. Yeah, but it, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I get um, what you're saying. Yeah, it's just like the American diet is what The American call diet. It. There we go. Right. Come on, Brock. Soda. <laughs> Jesus. Burgers. Yeah. All that stuff. That's yeah. the American diet because every culture has their own diet, right? Yes. They say that the Mediterranean diet is probably the, the overall Absolutely. healthiest, right? Yeah. Just on a global scale for themselves. For you know? sure. Uh, but American diet is, is what it is, you know? Um, <laughs> it's it's fucking terrible, right? But unfortunately, you, you can't go to the corporations and be like, "Hey, you guys got to start." Da, 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 da. Where are you gonna, and, yeah, and they have, you know, they they've tried to make those situations. Sure, is what it is. Um, but again, that's a cultural thing. It is. It you is. Know? It is. It's yeah. it's years and years of of going this way. But I do see a tide changing in the American diet. And that's awareness. It exactly. Once again, it goes back to awareness because. For the longest time, we were looking at, um, you know, fast food and all that mm-hmm. shit as as a whole. But more and more, the millennial generation is starting to say, "Well, no, I want to, you know, do this. I want to do that." Yeah. I mean, social media, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, has played a large role in that and bringing awareness sure. to you know everyday individuals. Well, right? now people can share ideas exactly, not just from across the table, but from across the world. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's like, that, like, when has that ever happened? Never. 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 And what, in the past 12, 11, 12 years, the iPhone's been around? I mean, the internet has been around, right? Yeah. But that's really where there was a huge dynamic shift in the way that we connected. Oh, yeah, for sure. On every, on like every single day being able to do that, which is great. Um, so what are some of the next steps for you, man? Like, what, what the fuck's going on? That's a great question. Yeah. I'm just looking for the next thing. Yeah. Um, taking everything that I've learned, everything that I've experienced, and I'm going to do something with that. Yeah. Whether it's 
you know, doing my own little situation or building something with a group of people that I feel is, you know what I mean? Same, same vision, same idea of empowering people to a, a different level, not just on a surface level. Yeah. Um, because again, you, you're trying to build a, a community, a, a culture within it, right? That people can, can believe in and know that it's just consistent, yeah. you know, and there's nothing that is unauthentic. That's important. Real people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Real honest people. Yeah. And, um, and that's important nowadays to find that because again, like you interact with thousands of people all day long, you know, not thousands, but you know, several, Some do. but not all those people go home as your best friends. Of course. Hell no. You see what I'm saying? Hell no. But if you can create a center that can create that, people look for that. All of us do. Yeah. You know? I mean, to feel wanted, right? To yeah. have that sense of community, to have that sense of... Belonging. Belonging, right? Family, unity. Yeah. All of those things play such a large role in our life. It's tribes. Yeah. We have that tribal mentality. Yeah. We always have, right? We, from the beginning of time, right? We, we, that's how we work, right? That's why family is so important to us, right? That yeah. is our main tribe for a lot of people. For some, it's not, right? Mm -hmm. um, friends can be just as good. Like, not just, that sounds terrible, but, but just the same. Friends can be family as 100%. well, right? Um, so this tribal mentality. And so as you kind of work on that and, and build that and kind of continue to push along, I, I, I commend you on that. Wowzers, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I want to thank Brian for coming on to share his story. And if you like the podcast, please remember to leave a review, like, subscribe, and share. And if you want to hear more stories, go to our website, backtoyourstory.com. And remember, new stories premiere every Sunday at 5 p.m. Smooches! Smooches!